0: Hello, 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 6AM Run community, 6AM Run runners, everyone within the 6AM Run family. Uh, Welcome to the 6AM Run podcast. Hami Mahani, CEO, founder, uh, 6AMRun.com. As always, you guys know this podcast is brought to you uh, by 6AM Run, but I definitely want to also give my gratuity to both uh, the runners in our community. And uh, now I want to even start thanking a lot of the amazing guests, who have been giving us their time, uh, previous ones. Um, they are also a reason that the podcast is growing. So you guys know I try to start every episode with some gratuity to all of you um, and welcome uh, to the show. I've been learning a lot from a lot of our guests. Uh, we've had such a, a wide variety of both knowledgeable people within the fitness space, and obviously also um, some really amazing opinions and stories. So again, thank you to everyone that's made this podcast be what it is. Definitely don't ever forget to check out 6amrun.com, but you guys know uh, this podcast is about a lot of just more running, not so much 6am run stuff. Uh, This is where we can kind of like dive into more stuff than just the 6amrun.com nutritional aspect. With that, I don't want to waste any more time. I want to bring on Jeff real quick, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. I always say people are their best kind of hype men. but Jeff, is there such thing as a professional runner? I'm always confused because it's not like other sports, right? But people are pro at it, right? They make money doing it, but, Absolutely. but you are, I, in my opinion, your accomplishments speak for themselves, but I'll let you, you know, kind of introduce yourself. How are you doing, Jeff? Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. So there is such thing as professional
1: running. There's, you know, different levels is definitely obviously not at the the level of football, baseball, basketball, you know, all right. the big sports in terms of contracts and all that stuff. But I am a former professional runner. I no longer <laughs> run competitively. I run just for fun and the, the love and enjoyment of running. But I have PRs of 222 in the marathon, uh, 2840 in the 10K and 13:46 in the 5k. Yeah, so back in the day, the, back in you know, the sport advances, you know, so there's it's always funny when I talk about the times that I've run, you know, back in uh, early 2000s, those were pretty decent times. Nowadays, uh, not so much with uh, the advances in training and shoes and all that kind of stuff, but um but yeah, that's a little bit of my background competitively, so. Awesome. And uh, and now I'm I'm primarily a coach. I have a re- website called runnersconnect.net. We do coaching training programs for runners and I love writing and just uh, about running and talking about running and uh, helping runners get better, whatever that may be for them. So
0: tell me real quick, let's back up a little bit and how that started. Can you tell me where running started for you? Yeah. Where you grew up? Do you mind starting a little bit at the beginning? Just to give our our
1: yeah. So uh, I started running back in high school. It's funny. It's uh, I went out, I tried out for the basketball team and I was always, I've always been really thin, you know, my entire life. And so I was just, you know, I think probably my fresh, my sophomore year in high school, I probably weighed 110 pounds, you know, I was five, seven, five, eight, something like that. So I went out for like the basketball team and the basketball coach was the outdoor track coach. And he said, well, I'm going to cut you from the basketball team because I want you to run outdoor track. And at the time I was I, you know, I couldn't be more mad to go from a big sport to be told to go run track or whatever, but I did it. You know, I, I was always into athletics as a, as a kid. So I went out and did indoor track that year. Uh, I grew up in Maine, so kind of small state, small town. And uh, I went out and did indoor track and I ran the mile and I won the first race. And from there I was like, absolutely addicted, you know, just the feeling of going out there and winning and competing. And for me, you know, it started running, being a thing where, what's unique about running is it's really all about you. It's not a team sport, right? So everything that I did, like I knew that everything I did throughout the day and throughout the week or whatever was going to make me better. And my results on the track were a direct result of the work that I put in. So for me, that was my initial you know, love of running was that I knew however hard I worked was going to reflect in how much I was able to improve. So for me, that was huge. Wow. So throughout my high school career, I continued to get better and better luckily you know as a junior and senior i started running some pretty good times and i uh, started getting recruited by colleges and that's when you know running started to become really serious for me you know beyond just oh this wow. is fun i like going out and doing it it became looking at, it looked it became something that was going to i you know i started to realize was going to help take me to bigger and better things in life you know being mm-hmm. able to go to college and stuff like that so so, yeah, so I graduated from high school. I went to Brown University, which is in Providence, Rhode Island. And through there, I had, you know, along the way, I had some fantastic coaches who helped me, you know, tame my inner self because for me, I was always wanting more and more and more. So it was run more mileage, run faster workouts, more workouts. And um, as many runners know who's experienced this, more isn't always better. And so I've luckily, I had some really great coaches along the way who helped kind of chip away at that. My personality wanted more and more and more. And uh, I was able to keep improving in college, uh, was a two-time All-American in cross-country, ran some school record times in 10K, 5K. And then um, then I went on, to run on, went on to run professionally. So for me, professional running involved being a, a part of a team, well, a, a part of a, a group team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ran for the Hanson's Brooks Distance Project, uh, which is based out of Michigan. So I moved to Michigan. And what's really cool about the group concept is you have you know, 10 to 15 guys that are all, you know, very good. We're all, we were all elite runners, um, all training for the same thing, which is the goal of making an Olympic team or making a United States championship team. And so the beauty of that is that you have other people to push you in workouts, you know, other people to push you when you're getting tired, get you out of the door when, you know, those days you don't want to get out. And so I was able to run in a couple of US championships, both on the track yeah. and in the roads and kind of continue my progress there. And then through that process, I started getting into coaching and then That uh, eventually, when I quote unquote retired from professional running, I moved a little bit more into coaching. So, that's a a quick overlay of my background there.
0: (laughs) Can you let me ask you this? And I think one of the things I noticed now about running, you mentioned it a little bit. I I know a lot of people who start even later in life, I think it starts as that couch to 5K, even if you're Mm -hmm. a former athlete, but you might not have ran before because running, I think there's a mindset of a little bit of, I love basketball also. Mm -hmm. And I always wondered when I was growing up, Dennis Rodman used to say, like, I like pain and I like to do the dirty work, get the rebounds. People bang me down low. And it's funny. I used to always, as a kid, be like, what's his problem? He's crazy. But I was (laughs) was a Bulls fan growing up as I'm sure a lot of us remember the Michael Jordan Bulls days. And you said you did basketball too. But what I'm getting at, and I know it's a long-winded way of getting at it. Once I started running in my mid thirties, and obviously now we're, where we are here today, and, and, and you and I talking in 6am run, there's an aspect of pushing your body to those points where it's hurting, but you know that your mind's going to push you through it. Mm-hmm. Did you have that gear early on in your work? Because like, obviously I feel like professional runners have that drive, that gear, they uh, experience that. You know, earlier, obviously, Mm -hmm. because they, they, your body, I'm sure, to get to those elite levels, you probably pushed your body to points where you didn't. You every time were like, "Can I go this far? Am I right?" Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, to me, that was another beauty of the sport. I think, you know,
1: for me, again, I think my love for the sport developed differently than probably most older runners does, Mm -hmm. or people that take up running later in life, because for me, it started out so competitive. Right, And then I started to learn how to love running, you know, and and to fall in love with just the Zen and the meditation aspect yes. and all that stuff. And we can talk about that more later. But for me, it was the competition side. Like I said, started out, you know, realizing that the work I put in was going to be reflective in my results. And then second, I love the competition and my, the ability to push myself. So one of the more famous uh, runners of all time is Steve Prefontaine. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had you know, a lot of quotes similar to Den- the Dennis Rodman one where it's like, you know, somebody's going to have to bleed to to beat me today and, and that kind right. of stuff and i had that mentality as well as as a high school athlete and and in college was that i wanted to push my limits and it's funny the the races that i can remember the most are the ones where i pushed myself the most You know where I really felt like I took myself to a level that I didn't think was uh, that I was going to be able to. You know, along the way, I had a lot of losses, a lot of wins, a lot of good races, bad races. But the ones that I remember the most are the ones where I felt like I took it to another level from a just competitive and pain and and threshold standpoint.
0: No, and and I, I love that. And that to me is the beauty, right? And then, you know, the trajectory, even for, like I said, people that pick it up a little bit later It seems like a lot of people do 5k then they're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. I'm going to do a 10K. And then they're like, oh wait, that wasn't that bad. I'm going to do a half marathon. And and now I think what I've I've noticed in the, our company has been around since 2000, like I said, 18, I've been running for about seven years myself. That's been switched over my, like now I'm, I'm an everyday runner. Mm-hmm. Now you see more and more. Um, the cool thing is like all, it's like marathon, like, mm-hmm. you know, marathons. And I, I feel like when I was growing up, marathons were like the creme de la creme, but right. now, now it's these hundred milers and these weekend. I mean, I know David Goggins does these, his four by four by four challenges. Like, it's like, people are really looking to take these things to like another level, another level. And I get it. I don't want to repeat myself. This episode's about you, but you know, I know myself like after finishing New York, Mm -hmm. I've only done one marathon. just Mm one. but even after just doing that one, I'm kind of like, I wonder if I could go for thirty miles. Like you know what I mean? It's crazy. Right, yeah, right? absolutely. If we can jump a little bit ahead, mm-hmm. marathons. What's the longest consecutively you've ran?
1: Yeah, so it'd probably be a mar- the marathon would probably be the, definitely the consecutive lo- longest race distance. Okay, I may have run longer in training just like for fun after I was done professionally, but yeah, the, the marathon would be the longest race I've ever
0: run. Have you done any ultras with the start or stop kind of thing or no?
1: Nope. No. With, yeah. That, um, I never really got in too much into that. You know, when I was running competitively, those weren't events that- That had like- did. Right. Yeah, for, for, so, for sport. of Right, right. Right. Exactly. And then, you know, once I stopped running competitively, I stopped running quite, you know, I, I definitely don't run near as much as I used to. And so doing longer events hasn't really
0: kind of tickled my passion lately. So <laughs> there's a lot I want to cover with you. So I hope you have a little bit of time. I mean, you're someone that that running, you've made a career out of it. You are in the running world. You have, you know, your site runners connect, which is an amazing site for those that don't know you, write. I, I know we were just talking about that. You're a writer now. Do you want to kind of college ends mm-hmm. now? What happens with Jeff? I mean, do you want to kind of go into there? Yeah, So absolutely. where the running took you more like professionally where, where we are today?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny, you know, I, you know, I think a lot of people have, I guess what you could call career trajectories that they don't always anticipate, you know, like, you know, I never thought I'd be doing this. And so but uh, for me in college, I, like I said, I fell in love with running and I also fell in love with the science side of running. So I did a lo- I took a lot of courses in exercise physiology, uh, exercise science, that kind of stuff in college. So I was always, always so into it, always reading research studies, you know, trying to find out who were the best minds in the sport. How can I learn from them? And that kind of continued as I continued to get older and older. And then as I started running professionally and, and started to get into my like mid to late twenties. I started realizing that coaching was a great outlet for what I, like the passion that I had for Mm -hmm. the science of the sport for, I mean, I would, you know, I've read every training book there ever is. I've read countless, countless research studies. So for me, I love the idea of taking, you know, I started to appreciate taking all that science and applying it to training uh, and training theory. And so that's when the career for coaching kind of started for me. And again, that's not something I ever really considered. It just kind of, kind of happened. You know, I think sometimes when you're a, a good athlete, people just kind of start to approach you to potentially coach them. Yeah, And so that's
0: kind or, of how it or even just advice, right? Like, I mean, they just pick your brain for advice, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. It kind of
1: just started like that. And then I had a couple friends who were just like, Hey, can you write training for me? And once I started doing that, once I started writing training, I loved it. Like okay. I just loved analyzing what they were doing, you know, what their goals were, how we wanted to get there, that whole process of, you know, looking at what the goal was and then working backwards and looking at what happens when they did certain workouts and how how they progressed. And so, yeah, that kind of just started to snowball. I started to um, work with more and more people that I knew around me and then started getting into coaching a little bit more professionally in terms of kind of it being a business and then kind of continued to grow from there. And so, Uh, for me, Runners Connect was a combination of my passion for coaching. And so being able to coach people and um, we started out completely online. And so kind of developing that. And then as well as writing podcasts, videos, all that stuff about really like what I love doing is taking the scientific research and uh, kind of like, uh, yeah, like taking the science and then applying it to what we can learn, what we can do, how to apply it to our actual lives, our actual training, whether it be Absolutely. nutrition, training itself,
0: strength training, all that kind of stuff. Well, I, I do love that. And then through coaching, do you find it fulfilling when your clients or when people who you write for, and, and I'm sure even Runners Connect gets emails, I'm sure. What's the feeling like helping people? Because I, I know, and I don't want again, this is not about us or me, but I know certain feelings we have here at 6am run. What's it like for you? I want to hear what your thoughts are. I mean, when you hear people get a win, hit a victory mark for themselves, what's it like hearing that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. And I mean, that's the best part of being a coach is, you know, seeing that look on somebody's face or, you know, just being able to tell for them that was such a big accomplishment. And I think that's what's really, what's, what's really cool about running itself. And I say this all the time, but You know, people look at elite runners and the professionals, the guys that are running sub two hour marathons, you know, like unfathomable things, times. What's really interesting is that the feeling that they get from setting a world record or running personal bests is the same feeling that quote unquote average runner gets when they set their personal best, right? There's Mm -hmm. no difference because both worked really hard to do it you know, the finally qualified for the Boston Marathon, you know, tried for years and years and years, and finally gets their qualifying mark. That feels just as good to them as it does for the guy trying to set the world record. You know, right. you put in a lot of work, you sacrificed, you know, again, even as the average runner, you sacrifice going out or, you know, maybe not eating the junk foods that you wanted. Um, obviously sacrificing your mornings to, to get in the runs, family time, all that stuff, going through the grueling workouts, all that is the same process that an elite runner goes through. And yes. so in the end, whether you're running a 25 minute 5k or a 13 minute 5k, it's the same feeling when you finish. And so that's, what's cool about being a coach is, you know, I can really, I, I can appreciate myself and then seeing it on somebody's face is, is a, a great experience.
0: Can you answer as a coach, a question for me on the age, which is cra- one of the craziest things to me. And I don't know that in any other sport you see this, why is it someone potentially at 35, 40 years old can still improve their time? Mm-hmm. To me, that's just insanity, right? Like, I know that definitely as you get older, older, it, it probably does decline a little bit. But what is it about running that a 40-year-old could run better than, let's say, and we we see stories of this mm-hmm. all the time where people are like 35, 40 and they say they didn't even run as fast as they are now when they were 25, mm-hmm. which to me in any other sport, that would be insanity to hear or even unbelievable to hear. Right? What is it about the human body in any research or anything you've discovered? Why is the human body able to improve at such a late stage of aging? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. And really the answer
1: comes down to the aerobic system. So the aerobic system is, you know, what especially for longer distances, what is what provides the primary energy source for us to be able to, to run and to run faster. And what's really neat about the aerobic system is that it's really not limited to how much you can grow it and how much better you can get your aerobic system. And the other thing is that it's a very slow, long process. So what's unique to running in this aspect is that the miles that you do years over year, year over year. So when you're 25, those miles that you're doing, they add up. So it's like, it's continuing to build brick upon brick upon brick upon brick. And so if you stay consistent, and even if you run for 10 years, you're continually building that aerobic system. So your aerobic system is X percent better than it was when you were 25. And Uh so, That being the primary energy source and the primary way for us to get better, especially at longer distances, half marathon, marathon, ultra marathons, you're able to do that. Whereas other sports rely so much on athleticism, explosive movements, that kind of stuff. Those are the things that deteriorate. Pretty quickly, once we, you know, kind of get into our 30s, we start to usually start to see those start to diminish. So in more traditional sports, you'll start to see that diminish. Whereas with running, your aerobic system is only getting better. And you're not quite as reliant
0: on your explosive system. So well, wow. so that's, that's kind of the answer to that question. No. And, and that makes, and then let me ask you this too, diet wise, how disciplined, um, one of my last couple of questions on, on your past, I definitely, like I said, I want to get more into like some current stuff and, and where you are now and and other things, um, for sure. But diet wise, you know, being a college runner, a NCAA athlete type runner, um, then being on a professional team, Do you have a cheat day? Are you, if you don't mind me asking, if I'm asking something you don't like to share, share, please tell me. But are you vegan? And I know that everyone can be different. We always agree. Everyone's accepted here at Six AM Ron, I'm sure. I know you're this probably the same way. We've talked Mm -hmm. before, but. Do you personally subscribe to a certain diet? Did you ever cheat growing up? Were in high mm-hmm. school? Were you hamburgers and shakes or like were you, you know, like how has your diet been? Because yeah. you you kind of being at the more creme de la creme level, like mm-hmm. what's a diet for Jeff been like?
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. So it's a little bit complicated. It's obviously evolved over the years, but I would say that when I was younger, I definitely did not appreciate how much nutrition could factor into performance. I mean, now that I look back or when I look back, I see the times that I was running the best were always the times that I was focused on nutrition in the sense that I was uh, eating, you know, that I knew that I was eating healthy. I knew that I was eating enough. um, I wasn't eating a lot of crappy processed foods, that kind of stuff. It wasn't necessarily like a diet I was following. I was just being more strict with myself in terms of wanting to perform. right. And I, I wish I had made the better connection about, wow, you know, eating healthy and focusing on nutrition will have a really positive impact on my performance. So that's to say, you know, back in the day, now I understand that a lot more. So I'm much more conscious of what I'm putting into my body on a day-to-day basis. The other thing too I would say that back when I was running professionally, there wasn't the focus on nutrition as there is now. I think everybody was kind of followed, prescribed to that. I shouldn't say everybody, but the majority kind of prescribed to that. I remember one of the uh, big sayings was always if the furnace is hot enough it'll burn anything. Meaning that if you're running enough miles, and this, and to an extent, that's true. Like when you're running, like I was running 100, 120 miles a week in terms of like fat loss and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was never going to put on weight running 120 miles a week, no matter what I ate. Right. Right. But was that the optimal way to fuel and recover? Absolutely not. So I think that's something that completely changed for me as I started to look at nutrition more, getting more, more interested in nutrition, that kind of stuff. So as of now, I don't follow any specific diet for me. I look at, I want to accomplish my health goals as easily as possible. Mm -hmm. So whatever to me, and and to make it fit with my lifestyle, I should also say. So, and when I say easy, not necessarily getting to the goal easier, meaning how can I go about living my life, work, family, athletics, and make that as easy as possible. So for me, I don't prescribe to any diet because I don't want to limit anything that I can and can't do. Oh, yeah for me, that's that what, that's what works personally. But now I definitely have a much more awareness of my nutrition and I'm much more aware of when I'm uh, on point and when I'm not. And so, mm-hmm. you know, like most people, I have, you know, good two, three stretches, uh, two to three month stretches where I'm really dialed in and I can see differences in how I feel, how I look that kind of thing. And then, you know, I'll have month stretches where I'm kind of like a little bit looser and I can definitely see the change that makes in both how I feel and how I look. So absolutely.
0: Well, no, I, I, and I'm with that. I, I think too myself, I mean, it's like, I think sometimes I'll go through phases of like the winter time. It's like, all right, the girls Christmas time and, and holidays, mm-hmm. it's like cookies and Halloween candy. And then I'm like, oh my God, but it then you're right. And then it's kind of like, okay. And probably like everyone else and New Year's comes around and you're like, all right, now it's time to get your, you know what, together. You know what I mean? Exactly. And like, you, you kind of, you definitely do that. But at the same time, I'm never uh, totally like upset with myself. Cause also to keep, I'm obviously running so much and and throughout the year, what is your thought on people just out of curiosity? One of the things I, I'd love your opinion on this, if you don't mind me kind of asking, I mean, and even myself, I did soccer and I did basketball as well. And then Mm -hmm. I, when I couldn't do those anymore is when I said to myself, wait, running is pretty cool because it's still a, like golf and stuff like that for me is not, I don't know. It it wasn't as physically arduous as I wanted Mm -hmm. it to be when I couldn't play basketball and soccer anymore. And running was that, Mm -hmm. do you find some, like I found, I I just kind of, I guess I'm looking more for affirmation. So you don't have to really dive (laughs) into this deeply, but it's like, I know that I'm seeing so many people like myself that are finding running after doing so many other sports previously where, like you just said, they lose their that, that first step or that quick step. But it's like, well, wait a minute. I can run first myself, no one else. Mm-hmm. I can do this every day on my own. Then the flip side of that, and again, I'm, I'm being a little long winded here, but I love what the pandemic did. I think the pandemic, for example, created runners because gyms, when they closed, what we found here at 6 a.m. Run was people obviously couldn't go to the gym anymore, but you were allowed outside in fresh air, most for the most part mask-free, and you could kind of go do a you know something on your own, right? So, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like the pandemic in a way created a little bit of running. The timing of the pandemic in terms of really going full steam—that I remember, I never forget—it was Friday the 13th of March, Mm -hmm. Um, and then kind of that March, and you know that. That spring and fall are those perfect running weathers, right? Absolutely. So yeah. it's funny to me how running can be created for so many people later on. And then obviously how running was created, I think even better. One of the positives, I should say, again, I, we our heart goes out to anyone uh, that's had a, a, a really, really rough pandemic. But obviously, like I said, the fact that running uh, maybe became a little more popular during that, I think is always a great thing. What, what is your thought on people kind of discovering running later in life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think
1: I would say the trajectory of most people follows a similar path. You know, a lot of people are athletic. I mean, some people aren't, but I would say a lot of people follow one of two paths. Either they're athletic in their younger years. So in in high school, they play a lot of sports, you know, maybe they don't play collegiately, but they still, you know, they're in rec leagues and all that stuff through their twenties. And then they start to fall off, you know, family starts to come into play, they get busy, they start to get out of shape, you know, and that's like a five to 10 year process of, you know, kind of getting out of shape, not really, you know, maybe going to the gym once in a while, et cetera. And then they start to realize, okay, I'm out of shape. I want to do something, right? I I want to start getting back into shape. And that's where running starts to take into, you know, starts Mm -hmm. to come into play. And I think what happens with people is running has always been in their past life, a punishment, right? Like if you, you know, you got to do laps and you got to, you know, running is a thing that you do just to get like, so you can be better at your other sport, and what people don't realize about running is that for everybody, it sucks when you first start, right? So when you first start out running and you go run a mile, it blows, like you're right. breathing, you're breathing heavy, your legs are itching. It's like everything hurts, And no, but what happens is that eventually your body adapts to that and it gets better and better. And then if you stay with it for two, three months, then you start getting into the, the ability to have those meditative times that we all love as running, you know, where it doesn't hurt. You're not breathing hard. You're just in your own thoughts, lost in wherever you're running, you know, and that happens. And so once people break through that barrier, that's when running starts to become enjoyable. And I think that's the people that, the people that don't run or hate running, that's what they don't get is that you got to break through that barrier. And then once you do, it becomes so enjoyable to just go out, put on strap on a pair of shoes and go out and run and get lost in your own thoughts, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I think that's to your point. I think that's what some people who don't run, I think they don't um, unfortunately get a chance to see. And and you're one, you have just said it best. Um, I've always tried to explain that you've got to stick with it. And there's a point you get to where you're, for example, I do, you might advise against this as a coach. I've, I've had a lot of people kind of tell me I'm, I am crazy. Mm-hmm. My seven days a week that I do run Mm -hmm. I know that that's probably not great. I know that that's not maybe the best on my body, but uh, Jeff, and I think you can at least see this aspect of it. And even though you might not agree with it, say, okay, but I get why you're doing it seven days a week. It's just my moment of clarity. It's Mm -hmm. also an hour a day, maybe 30 minutes a day if I only do three miles. But it's 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 just a little portion of my day where there's no phone, there's no mm-hmm. children, there's no wife. I can love all of those things to yeah, death, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a moment of just me and myself clearing my thoughts. And selfishly, I probably could meditate. I, I should I can't I should stop saying I can't meditate. It's probably that I don't want to. Mm-hmm. This is my form of meditation and centering myself daily mm-hmm. to the point where if I can't run. I'm very like, I feel like part of me is, you know, you forget your wallet or your keys. Mm -hmm. I have that kind of feeling if there's a day that I can't run. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, to me, I have no problem running seven days a week. You know, as long as you're feeling recovered to me, that's, there's no problem there. I mean, I ran seven days a week for years. Uh, I ran twice a day for, you know. For years. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, as, long, as long as you're recovering, there's definitely no harm to it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I feel like I'm just happier, right? I'm a better mm-hmm. dad. I'm a better husband. I'm a better CEO. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm, I feel like it's, it's what helps me be better, um, you right. know, at many things. So let's kind of go forward. I don't know if we want to, I definitely want to talk about Runners Connect. I love what you're doing with Runners Connect. We want everyone who's listening to this podcast where 6am is working with you and Runners Connect you know, I think what you're doing on that website is great. I'm hoping that we can send a lot of our audience um, for coaching help and things like that. What's the process? Do people hire coaches? I think there's a team you have now that works for you there. Mm -hmm. Let's definitely spend a little bit of time getting Runners Connect out there and let's we need to hype Runners Connect up because this is something, what you're doing is great with Runners Connect. And if any of our audience who's listening to this can hear about it, um, I definitely want them to check it out and, and what they can get from it. Do you mind spending just a little bit of time and telling people what Runners Connect is, how they can get a, a coach from there and and what they can get from runnersconnect.net?
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Runners Connect, we're we're all about helping runners however they need help. So whether it be with training, nutrition, strength training, all that kind of stuff. And for me, you know, I look at it like we want to help educate runners. So we have a blog, we have a podcast, you know, YouTube channel, all that stuff, you know, a lot like you do. And our focus is on education. You know, we want people to, to be able to come to Runners Connect and leave feeling like they know more and that they're a better runner. And along with that, you know, we do officer services, mainly uh, training plans. Mm -hmm. And so we've devised our training plans to uh, kind of fit different levels of what people need. So we have what we call our training membership, which is $29 a month. And that gets you a custom training plan when access to our coaching team to be able to adjust that training plan for you. So, you know, we have a platform where you can log your workouts and also interact with other members of the Runners Connect community to share your training. And also, you know, we have groups where people are running the same race. They can all kind of follow their training along together, that kind of stuff, which I think having that community feel is really important as well, which is the Connect part of Runners Connect. And so we offer that, uh, you know, kind of basic membership. It's a training plan and then kind of help when you need it. Um, So that works for a lot of runners who just really need the plan and don't necessarily need a coach to be following them all along. We also have what we call our guidance plan, which is kind of a step up. And that is where, as you log your workouts, one of our coaching staff will respond to those workouts. So we're kind of following your training a little bit more, kind of providing feedback. So that's best for the runners who do need that feedback, whether it be accountability or are just taking it a little bit more serious and want to make sure that they are kind of doing everything right on every day, you know, that kind of process. And then we also have personal coaching, which is where you work one on one with one of the coaches. And so that's more for the athletes that really want to have that personal ac- interaction, phone calls, text messages, that kind of stuff to really review their training, talk about long term goals, get into the details of kind of every week of their training, that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, we found that that works really well for, you know, 90% of runners, you know, or one of those three levels covers probably about 90% of runners in terms of what they're looking for, in terms of, the level of interaction that they need from a coach and a training plan to have the success that they want to have.
0: Yeah, you're 1000% right. I think sometimes you know people again, the coaching aspect of running is so new to me a little bit, but also now I see why it's so such a necessity, especially like I said, I mean myself and I again I'm I'm, I'm going back to my summer, you know, it's not I don't know, like you look up like Hansen's method, for example, and things mm-hmm. like that. It's, it's there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying no, I'm not saying you can't, you know, obviously you kind of can do YouTube and things like that. I always say it's not that personal trainers, for example, they know something that maybe, you know, you, you can get a lot of information from the web. Right. Mm -hmm. But what I know a personal trainer does is they look at what you're doing, your progression. Are you on track? You know, personal trainers bring that personal aspect of advice and, you know, also encouragement. I think Mm -hmm. that sometimes, you know, we need to, I can tell my wife I ran one mile. I can tell her I ran 10. She, uh, no disrespect, but she's kind of like to her, it it doesn't mean much. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um, whereas I think the running coach can truly know where you started, where you're going, and where you are. And I think too, sometimes in running, you get comfortable at a very like a plateau a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes it, it's tough. And you can probably correct me if I'm wrong. It's sometimes tough to break that. Like kind of you hit like a little bit of a ceiling, and you still right. need to kind of break through that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean,
1: I think you hit on the two biggest advantages of having using a coach or using a custom training plan. You know, the first being. Uh, to me, a lot of it is the customization. So when you look at, like you said, like a program like the Hanson's Marathon Method, you know, the problem with that is it doesn't take, a, take into account where you're starting from and what you're able to do. You know, there's levels, you know, I think they have beginner experience, et cetera, but those are very generalized. And so right. the benefits of a, of a custom plan is you can look at, okay, this is exactly where I'm starting. This is where I need to go. What's the best way to get there? So you're not kind of, fiddling around with the generalized workouts to try to fit where you're currently at. And uh, the second thing I think from that standpoint is also tailoring specifically the workouts and the workout paces to where you need to be, you know? So it's not a generalization of, oh, run, or either saying like a tempo pace or saying 10 seconds faster than marathon pace, et cetera. It's saying, okay, here's what we know about you physiologically. And then here's what that data says, says that what is physiologically optimal for you to run mm-hmm. you know so you're getting that exact data the exact data points of this is what i need to do um and then like you said you know the adjustments along the way you know nobody ever starts and finishes right. on a linear path right so there's always ups and downs there's you know you may you might miss a weekend of training for being sick or having to travel or whatever and For a lot of people, having that coach available to be able to say, okay, all right, well, we missed this workout, but that wasn't as important as the next workout coming up. So, you know, what happens with a lot of runners is they miss a workout and they try to make it up somewhere. Or maybe they focus on making up the wrong, you know, some workouts are more Mm -hmm. important than others in a training cycle. And so that's where having, a coach or a training plan, being able to adapt as you go makes a big difference.
0: And la- last thing I want to say on that, I learned too from training for mine, doing my half marathon for the first time a couple years ago, mm-hmm. noticing I never, and I never had, being a soccer guy, I never had chicken legs. So, <laughs> But I always said, I don't need leg stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I learned very, the hard way that my knees and legs after doing a half marathon a few years ago were, were on fire. Mm -hmm. I did not know, and this is my ignorance, but again, you learn as you go Mm -hmm. that there's weight training aspects to running. I didn't know that. I just thought you just get up and run and that's it. And there's, (laughs) there's weights involved to running, especially if you want to get your core, your, your legs, you don't want, you know, knee and leg pain. Um, yeah, well, guess what? Now you're gonna have to strengthen those muscles in your legs. So they're not Mm -hmm. on fire after a long run.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So it's funny, like my passion for running has shifted. I shouldn't say passion, but my focus of what I've been passionate about. So when I first started, it was all the training. So it was training Mm -hmm. theory, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then it moved into strength training and how strength training correlates with running and injuries and how to prevent it. And more recently I moved into nutrition. So that's been a kind of, it's, you know, you know, after a certain time, after three years of just looking at research, it's not that things don't change, they do, but you know, there's, there's only so much you can really like. go real deep dive into, you know? So, and for me, I like to experiment as well. So that's been always, you know, kind of my shift of, of focuses over the last, you know, 12 years or so, but uh, yeah, strength training is a huge component. And I, and Mm -hmm. so many runners don't realize how big of a difference it can make Mm -hmm. in terms of keeping you injury free and also improving performance and, uh, you know, doing the right strength training on the right days makes a huge difference to your performance and your health.
0: Yeah, it's funny. And then, yeah, then the last aspect, I mean, that's why and again, we don't want to talk too much about about 6am here. But, you know, that's where we we came in. I mean, I, I tell people this story all the time, I googled pre workout for runners, because Mm -hmm. the pre workouts that were in the market were making my stomach feel some type of way, bloated, gassy. I like to do, and we can talk about this for one second in terms of the nutrition. I do a fasted run. I like Mm -hmm. to just get up and go. I don't want food in my stomach and I'm not running a marathon. To my knowledge, no one's running a marathon every day. You know what I mean? So I don't necessarily need food in my stomach. And I like Mm -hmm. to feel as light as possible so I can Mm -hmm. feel like I got the most out of my run in terms of like you know, a, a good, steady pace, work a sweat, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then come home and have a small, like a light breakfast or like a light, you know, snack or something. And then, and then obviously start my work day. So it's funny that the nutritional aspect you know, for this niche was a little bit ignored. And I think that now a lot of runners are looking at that. I mean, you see more now like fasted running when I when I didn't even know what to call that a few years ago. And now that's what it's called. And there's a lot of people that are in that boat. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Let me ask you this too. I think uh, we, we need, you're a, a guest and we don't ask this of all guests and uh, not every guest is a runner. Normal day for you, What are you a, right, let's use our name as, as an example though. Are you a 6 a.m. runner? Are you a night runner? Jeff's regular, just normal day run where you're gonna go for a little run or a jog, what time of day is ideal for you?
1: Yeah, so usually like uh, late morning is okay. when I go. So I, I work from home, so I have the flexibility to pretty much make my own schedule. But I'm also an early riser. So okay. I usually wake up 4.35 o'clock every morning. Uh, and for me, that's because... And, you know, this is just personal life stuff, but that's because I have four kids and it's the only time of the day that it's quiet (laughs) in the house. So our youngest is two and a half. And so for me, I get up early because it's my two or three hours in the morning that I can, that nobody's around. And so that's actually when I do my most work because I'm focused and i just in general, I get up early, but anyway, I focus. And then, you know, usually between eight and 10 o'clock, the kids are now at school. Uh, everything's kind of settled. And then that's when I like to do my runs. So (laughs) I've already been working for a little bit. And so I kind of need a mental break as well. Um, so for me, that's the best time to run. And then, um, so I kind of do my runs mid morning. And then a lot of times I'll do the gym and stuff in the afternoon. And for me, that's the a way to close the day off. So yeah. otherwise I'll just keep working and, you know, Oh, I got to do this. I gotta do that. So for me, it's like, okay, you know, whatever time gym time is that day, it's that's when the computer goes off. That's when I get to the gym. And then for me, that helps shut the day off from a work perspective and kind of focus more
0: on what's going on at home, that kind of stuff. No. And and I think that's, I mean, that's, you kind of, again, you're doing what we all talk about and what, what we were just talking about just now that, you know, you need that, you know, that's what works for you and and we always get this all the time too. I think I, uh, I, I say this jokingly, but I, I love the comments that we always see like, well, what if you run at 6 PM? What if you running is running? I don't, <laughs> care. I don't care what time you do it as long as you can get it done. I think to mm-hmm. your point, our story is very much like that. It was, you know, running for me had to be, you know, before the kids got up and obviously right. family's very important. Kids, I do want to talk about that. Are you going to coach them? Are you going to introduce them to running? What age are you going to introduce the kids? I know you have two. That's very, obviously uh, to me, that's a baby still. What, yeah, yeah. what when are you going to introduce them to running or, or being active or what's your plan? Do you, have, do, you do you envision them being Jeff juniors? I don't think so. I mean,
1: to me, I like, so my college coach, so an interesting little backstory. So my college coach was an Olympian in 1980 and 1984. He ran 349 in the mile to give you an wow. idea of how good he was. Um, so he was an amazing athlete and he married another Olympian in the 800 meters. So, you know, you'd think together they would Jeans, have, right, right? Yeah, yeah. would be in phenomenal. And I, I, you know, I didn't appreciate it at the time because I was in college, but I do now that I'm older. They had three children and they did not push them at all to run. You know, they said, and and I feel this way as well. So if they want to run, that's great. Uh, We will support them. So their two, their oldest daughter had no interest in running. Their youngest son had no interest in running. And then their middle son, actually, it was a phenomenal runner. And so, you know, I think when when you have children, you realize that as much as you may want them to have a certain personality or like the same things that you do, they're their own people. Right. And so I don't think any of my three oldest will be running anytime soon, <laughs> but uh, maybe the younger one we'll see, but definitely not pushing him into it. You know, it just be, you know, I don't run like I used to. So that's a little bit different. They hear the stories or they see like the awards, like as we're moving, I have still have a lot of my trophies and stuff like that. And so actually it's funny. My, one of my sons the other day said, he's like, dad, why do you have all those? What are all those trophies? That was about the big one. And so you know, they don't realize certain things. And so I think maybe as they get older, they'll realize that at one
0: point I was good at something. <laughs> well, it's, 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 I always, I joke with my oldest, you can't shake off the title of dad uh, for mm-hmm. me, and, or I'm sure for mom too. You can't, you, to them, you're dad, you're not right. quote unquote cool. Right? I, right. I always thought I'd be like, when my kids grow up, I'd be like the coolest guy or the coolest dad ever. But I quickly realized that in their eyes, and this is not a bad thing because no, same thing with my parents, that you're just, you're not cool. You're dad. And and I think one of my toughest realizations, if we're not, if we're going to talk about one thing, that's not really running related, it's that, Hey, you're just going to be a parent and don't get me wrong. I'm sure that they love both of us. Our kids love us to death. But you know, if I tell them, Hey, I, I was this, this, and this in a sport to them, it's gibberish. Yeah, Exactly you know what I mean? Like I'm, and I joke with my wife, I'm sure Brad Pitt's kids think he's just a regular guy. Right. So it's like, so no, no, it's it's funny.
1: I was reading about that, about the guy that plays vision in all the Marvel movies. He has a couple uh, kids and there was just an article about this and they were just like, yeah, you know, we like all the other, like they did a list of their favorite, uh, superheroes and he was like uh, last, you know? (laughs) Uh, but yeah, that's funny. I have a 13 year old daughter. So yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> it's just, yeah, they, they, my my fourteen year old is like she's she's too cool, and it's yeah, oh yeah, my exactly. youngest a little bit different. My youngest will like she'll see a runner like on the streets if we're just driving somewhere, and yeah. she wants to like because she has the child lock in the back. And she's like, Dad, yeah. I need to roll down my window and yell six a.m. Run, try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, it's good. That
1: that's a good age. <laughs> Once you get into the teenagers, it's like yeah, they don't right. care. <laughs> just,
0: well, I do want to, we talked about Runners Connect. We're going to put the links in the bio, um, Jeff. We're going to get this out in the, in the next couple of weeks. We're going to, you know, get this podcast out there. Is there anything I missed? I know we talked in the pre-call. You're such an open book. I know your, you know, your support of us and help and, and your, you know, I know we sent you products to try first. And I know I want to first, before we end this podcast, I want to say a big thank you to you. I think that what you do in this world also for some small businesses in this space is important. I want to make sure that I, sometimes I know a lot of what we do from a business aspect in this space might not get some credibility it deserves, uh, but I want to on air or whatever you call these podcasts, whatever we do, but on recording right now, tell you, I really appreciate what you're doing. I think what you're doing is, is a necessity in this space and one of the things I love what you're doing, and, and I just want to say this to you as, as, as we do kind of come to the fourth quarter and the close of this running is for all shapes and sizes. I don't think you need to be Jack. You don't need to be skinny. You don't need, you know, when I, the, one of the reasons I wanted to do New York, when we did our first New York city expo, I made a mistake. And I, I shared this story with people. Uh, there was a man and a woman, a couple, and the woman looked more fit. And I started talking to her as if, hey, you should try 6 a.m. run. This will help you on your marathon tomorrow. And the woman looks at me like I'm crazy. And she's like, no, he's running it. And I looked mm-hmm. at him. He was all maybe 300 pounds. And yeah. he's like, look, I'm not going to do it in two hours, but I'm going to finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. And I quickly realized like running, truly one of my favorite and my loves is that it's for everyone. Mm. There's no stigma. There's no style you have to fit. You know, have to look a certain way. If, if you can keep that jogging pace and you can finish, you are a runner, right? We talked Absolutely. about, you know, so so I just, I, I say all that because I want to thank you for what you're doing. I think that you're continuing to give that motivation to people. You're continuing to help them reach personal goals. You said it best. One of my favorite quotes I'm going to take away from this is that, look, if you hit your personal record or your goal, then that's what matters because that's the, the win, right? Like mm-hmm. no one can take that win away from you. And it's not that you know, it's a two hour marathon or something like that. So you, some things you've said here, um, if anyone's listening while they're running, you've said some very inspirational things on this podcast. So I'm really happy that that we had you but i say all this and, and kind of come back and bring it back is there anything i missed anything you just want to kind of last words you want to say and and again i know runners connect anything else that we need people to find you at or connect with no you? yeah but-
1: i mean runners connect is is the main site but i did want to say uh, also i want to reflect back on you some you know i've really been impressed with what you guys have done mm-hmm. and I, this isn't meant to be a plug this is my honest uh, opinion Like I said, over the last three or four years, I've really started to get into nutrition and supplements. And that's been my main focus in terms of what I am passionate about in terms of research and stuff. And there are so many supplement companies, and I'm sure you're very well aware of this, that the stuff is just junk. It's very easy as a supplement company to put junk in a product to, and when I say junk, non-effective ingredients or load up doses that are cheap, uh, but just make the label look bigger. Um, So that's been a huge... I would say probably over the last two years, that's been something I really love just as a passion. I like looking at supplements and just being like, oh, why did they put that in there? Um, You know, oh, they obviously put that in there because it's, you know, to fill it up or using like proprietary blends to hide, you know, a terrible product, that kind of stuff. And so when I find companies that don't do that, that really focus on quality ingredients and products that make a difference and have a, you know, a real reason for their use and an effective use. I just think that's awesome because it's not it's something you see. Companies that do that, supplement companies that do that are few or far between. And so I want to say thank you for that. On I just love that. And I think that's, it's uh,
0: thank you. Thank just you. an awesome thing. Yeah, no. And, and, you know, it's funny. And, and we can just for a couple seconds talk about that. I mean, one of the things and, um, you know, we're, we're partners with them now. And this is why I, I was very honest with the story about this with them. You know, you you realize when you look into it and, and I'm very much like you, I was started looking into what I need. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to run seven days a week. And I think when you realize amino acids, hydration, sodium, potassium, when you realize what runners truly need. And again, so carbs is one thing I will say that we lack right now is probably more like a carb, but Mm -hmm. one thing we wanted to be for, for the most part was for the everyday runner. And I'm not going to lie. It was for myself originally, right? I'm making Mm -hmm. stuff so I could, you know, hit my goals. And then obviously it, it ballooned to what it was, but the nutrition, you know, that a runner needs just on an everyday, you know, that three to six mile everyday type of a run, um, which Mm -hmm. most people do and to be able to run. So replenish your body and, and put those amino acids back into your body. Yeah. Those are the things that it's it's funny you say that. And I probably, my, my wife was kind of one of them. My father was one of them. How many people said, like you just said, you know how many supplement um, companies there are, and you're going to go. And I said, there are, you guys are not wrong. But there, none of them are, you know, out there for runners, and right. you know, and none of them are out there and and have the niche that this group really needed. So no, so that's there. And and like I said, yeah, runners, uh, we're we're gonna um, definitely shoot this out there. We're gonna put a, a link to Runners Connect. I think one of the pieces that we miss is, you know, yes, here's the nutrition aspect. And what I'm loving about, you know, working with you in the future is now to be able to say, and we'll talk about this offline, especially is now being able to tell the runners, hey, here's a great network of coaching, a great network of advice. Because one of the things now that we're seeing it as we grow is, okay, cool. I'm taking this. I'm starting to run. Now, what do I do? And it's like, right, right. I love one of the things, and we'll go back again, I didn't want to talk about myself, but you even said it for your company. When you see people hit those goals, when you see people hit those marks that they didn't think that they could do, Mm -hmm. that never gets old. I mean, every day we have one person, and I'm not saying this facetiously, but like every day we have somebody tell us they hit a goal they couldn't believe they hit and it never gets old. And I love that about the full-time job that I now have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jeff, no, like I said, thank you so much for your time. Uh, It was, this was one of my favorite hours. And I I don't just say that and not to take away from anything else and any other great, amazing guests we've had on this podcast, but um, there's a level of love that you've had for the sport and you've dedicated a huge part of your life since youth to this sport. So um, thank you again. Thank you for that. We'll definitely put this out there and I can't wait to share it with everyone. All right, guys, from us, from Jeff and I, thank you guys. And we'll catch you next time. Jeff, thank you again. Have a great day. Thank you, you too.